Podcast One. Hello, welcome back to Koshy's Easy Steps to Financial Success. I'm David Kosh, and I'm on a mission to help you fulfil your financial dreams. Last time we met, we spoke about sorting out your tax so you're not scrambling at the end of June. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to start investing your money because the secret to building wealth is investing a little bit on a regular basis. Save and then invest. Now, at this point in the series, I'm assuming you've at least followed the advice I gave you in the first four episodes. That is, that you've set your financial goal, made a budget, cut costs, and increase your income. If you've applied all of this advice, you should have saved some money and now be in a position to look at investing some of your hard-earned cash with the hope of growing your savings. We all know that the share and property markets form the foundation of wealth of most Australians, whether it be through direct investment in shares and property or through their super funds They are the cornerstone of our net worth. And the truth is, you'll never get rich by being just a saver. You're better off saving to then invest. To do that, it means understanding how markets work. I know the term markets seems a pretty sweeping term and like it's an inanimate object. But these markets are very much alive and driven by humans. You see, a marketplace is simply an organised system to buy and sell assets. They've been around since mankind began as we traded goods and services between each other. And the buying and selling of shares on the share market is done through an organised electronic system operated by different stock exchanges around the world and regulated by government authorities. Stockbrokers, as we all saw in the Wolf of Wall Street movie, just act as agents for buyers and sellers, a sort of middleman. Then with property, the market basically operates on a direct buyer-to-seller basis with real estate agents acting as intermediaries. The market is a bit regulated, but not as tightly as shares. And the secret to making money in both markets is basically buying shares of property at a low value and selling for a higher value. But to achieve a profit, investors need to understand what drives supply and demand. Let's talk about demand. In the share market, demand for a particular stock is based around the likelihood of that company being able to increase sales and profits. The higher the profit, the more valuable the share, and the more dividends will be paid to shareholders. So investors look at what the company produces and whether customers are willing to buy that product or service. If, for example, commodity prices like iron ore and coal rise in value, that generally means a company like BHP will earn a higher profit, pay more dividends, and other investors will want to buy their shares to benefit from this. Then comes the question of supply. Companies have a limited number of shares available and their existing investors determine how many they're willing to put on the market to sell to others. If a company's prospects look good and lots of investors want to buy, then they'll have to offer to pay more on the stock exchange auction market 
to persuade existing shareholders to sell. Another alternative is that a company might decide to issue more shares to raise money and therefore add to the supply. When it comes to property, demand from buyers is driven by a range of factors from the price range they can afford to the cost of finance to fund the purchase to whether they even have a job and even immigration levels which provide new additional buyers. In property, supply is determined by the amount of existing houses and units are up for sale from their owners and the number of new properties which have been constructed. That's why all the experts watch figures like building approvals by councils and housing construction finance figures from banks as early warning signals as to the level of supply that's coming. And the third factor is psychology. What many people forget is that markets are simply an auction system to allow people to trade goods and services. So how buyers and sellers feel emotionally and psychologically can affect demand and supply enormously. Look, if investors are gloomy because the economy's in recession, their job's uncertain or interest rates are high, they'll go into their shell, won't take risks and not buy as much. Therefore, demand will be low and drive prices down. If the economy is good, they'll feel safe in their job and money's cheap, they'll be in a mood to buy. Think back to 2016, 2017, before property prices started to fall. It's like that. In this episode, I'm going to put a particular focus on shares. For those new to share investing, there are a couple of different ways to invest in the share market. Most banks offer managed funds to their customers. This is where small investors like you and I pull their money into a unit trust and then professionals manage the portfolio and make all the investment decisions for us. There are a huge number of managed funds available, which come with a range of different investment focuses. From balanced funds, which invest across shares, property and fixed interests, through to funds which just focus on, say, American shares, or just property, or just Japanese property, and a whole lot more. Another alternative are exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, which are great for diversification at a low cost and are an easy option. They're sort of like a managed fund, but they're listed on the share market, and will mirror a share index like the All Ordinaries Index or even the Dow Jones Index in America. Your returns will mirror the general market performance rather than than an individual stock. So if the All Ordinaries Index rises, I don't know, say 10% over a year, then your All Ords ETF will rise by a similar amount. But be warned, share markets will always be volatile. It's a bit like watching a close game of footy. The momentum swings can be gut-wrenching as you try and cheer your team to a win. So, here are some of my rules when investing in shares. Rule number one, do your homework before buying. 
Don't buy or sell on rumours, hunches or impulse. Get hold of some broker research and the company's last annual report. Read the financial press and, of course, talk and get advice from friends and relatives who already invest in shares or work for a stockbroker, a financial planner or accountant. Second rule, balance the risk with the rewards. It's simple. If what you read and hear suggests the share has more chance of falling in price than rising, don't buy. Look closely at past performance and future prospects. Remember the sleep test. If the worry of your shares falling keeps you awake at night, don't buy them. It is just not worth the stress. Rule three, keep checking after you've bought the shares. Investment conditions can change, companies' management can change, a company's objectives can change, and all of these can affect share prices. So review your shares at least once every six months to see how they're going. Rule number four, be patient and don't expect to become wealthy overnight. Most shares will need at least a year to show some reasonable appreciation. Rule five, be prepared for unexpected events. It could be a management scandal, a damaging royal commission like what happened to the banks, or a new competitor. If the event concerns any of your shares, don't panic, but review the situation promptly before taking any action. For instance, a sudden drop in a share price may well mean a big investor has sold a large parcel of shares, and more often than not, the price will rebound. But if it's something more serious then check with your advisor. Rule six, don't try to back every horse in the race. It's far better to hold a smaller number of shares that you know well and are comfortable with than to invest in a lot of companies in the hope of picking more winners. Rule seven, don't let pride or stubbornness prevent you from accepting a mistake and correcting it. I reckon it's one of my biggest weaknesses when it comes to investing. I invest in something... And when it goes down in value, I tell you, I find it hard to admit I've made a mistake and I tend to hold on too long. One big profit makes up for a lot of little losses. So keep the losses small and admit your mistakes quickly. The eighth rule, follow the market. Don't try to beat the trend. In bear markets, when stocks are down, be cautious. In volatile markets, stay on the sidelines. And in bull markets, when prices are booming, you can take some greater risks. Number nine, it's better to make a little less profit by selling too soon than to take the greater risk of hoping the good times just keep going and then they don't. A component of quality shares should always be part of any investment portfolio during good times and bad. You see, quality shares will perform better than the overall market in both good and bad times. The key is the quality of the shares and making sure they're a key part of your portfolio. And don't forget you can earn an income from shares. A share is a part ownership in a company and you receive dividends when the company makes a profit. If that company pays its full level of company tax, then your shares will receive a franking credit on the dividend for the tax already paid, 30 cents in the dollar. So if your tax rate is 30% or less, 
your dividend is tax-free. So investing is great, a way to grow your income and make your dollar work for you. But be very careful about where you invest your money. And please take my advice and do your homework. It is an uncertain world, but the more information at your disposal, the better placed you are when it comes to avoiding risk. And why not start with some cost-saving measures now and start investing $1,000 into your future success? If you want to learn more, head to the Your Money and Your Life website. There are plenty of articles and some more investment hints from Libby and I. That's ymyl.com.au. Good luck. And when you're ready to take the next step in getting your financial life under control, I'll be here waiting. Koshy's Easy Steps to Financial Success was presented by David Kosh and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Melody Ruiz. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Koshy's Easy Steps to Financial Success podcast. Podcast.